23, verses 8 through 12. Job was going through the trial of his life. And in his transparency of how he was feeling at this particular moment, while in the trial, he says in this text, he said, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. Sounds like it may look like I'm surrounded. I know God, but I can't see him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. One more text before we pray. Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 11. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 11. And as Jesus is teaching his disciples, teaching us to pray in the middle of this, he says, he states for us to pray this. Give us this day our daily bread. Would you say that with me? Give us this day our daily bread. My subject for this Sunday is simply this. What are you eating? What are you eating? Can you put your Bibles, your iPhones, iPads down? Can we lift our hands unto the Lord? Can we call upon his name one more time? Jesus, we call upon you. Jesus, we are so frail, Lord God, in our humanity, Lord. Lord, we, we need you so much. We can't do this without you. We don't want to do this without you. Lord God, I pray today that your word would examine us. Lord God, let your light shine upon every nook and cranny of our hearts, of our lives. We want to be whole. We want to be pure. We want to be holy. We want to grow. Lord Jesus, we want to grow into your bride as the church. We want to fulfill the purpose you have in store for our life. Lord, touch us today. Speak to us as you desire to fill us and grow us with your spirit and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time, can we clap our hands unto the Lord and lift a shout of praise to him today? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. What are you eating? What are you eating? It's a question that we ask to people we know. It's a question that we usually ask to people we love. What are you eating? Y'all got any food over there? G? Oh, nobody got that one. Let me try that one more time. G eat? Come on. Any southern folks in the house? 
Come on. What's cooking? You want anything to eat? You got something to eat? It's a common question that we mostly ask people in close circles. Eating is a communal thing. Eating and community are connected. Eating and health are also connected. What we eat and who we eat with says a lot about us and our priorities in life. You've heard it said, you are what you eat. In the natural, our diet can either heal us or kill us. Pardon me ahead of time. We're about to be convicted here in this room here with some of the stuff I'm about to share. But according to health.gov, about half of all American adults, 117 million individuals have one or more preventable chronic diseases, many of which are related to poor quality eating patterns and physical inactivity. These include cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, some cancers in poor bone health. Again, it says preventable. Our diet affects the heart, our blood flow into all of the organs to fight against disease. Our diet even affects our bone structure. The strength and the growth of our structure is affected by our diet. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. According to the Center for Science and the Public Interest, unhealthy diet contributes to approximately 678,000 deaths each year in the United States. 678,000 deaths each year in America due to unhealthy diet. The truth is that our diet affects everything about us. How many times have you said to yourself, I need to eat better? How many times have you said to yourself, I need to exercise more? How many times have you failed to do what you said you would do? Right here. What we put inside of us has everything to do with what our lives become. But statistics show that most of us as Americans are not healthy. The healthy are the minority. Health.gov states more than two-thirds of adults and nearly one-third of children and youth are overweight or obese. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Eating is often a social activity. 
And according to statistics that we just heard, two-thirds of Americans, two-thirds of adults, we are more likely to eat with those who eat unhealthily than those who eat a healthy diet. The chances are we're more likely to eat with those who eat unhealthy. While eating is often accompanied by social activity, it's a communal thing, more times than not, the truth is we can't choose anybody else's diet. We can only choose a diet for ourselves. We can only choose our own diet. Only we can choose the strength of our health or the lack thereof. Sometimes we may get motivated to eat right. Perhaps after having your fill over the holidays, the guilt may set in and you eat healthy for a little while. I mean, January, come on now. You've, you've been having a good time for a month and a half, you know, between family functions and work functions and you know, and hey, it's just the season. Eat and be merry. You know, it, it, it does say Merry Christmas, doesn't it? It does say Happy Thanksgiving, you know. You know, but perhaps after having our fill, the guilt may set in and you eat healthy for a while. We can even look well on the outside and be living dry as bones on the inside because our diet affects our structure our bone structure. It has everything to do with our diet. Or perhaps when a special occasion is ahead, you may eat right to fit into a certain article of clothing and give the appearance of a healthy life. I've been there. Such and such is coming. This wedding, that event, I'm going to get right. I'm going to, pictures, you know, pictures. I'm take pictures. We've all done it or thought about it at least one time or another. We're all human. And truthfully, sometimes, unintentionally, I'd like to believe we care more about looking healthy than being healthy. It's our human nature. Sometimes we care more about looking well than being well. But the key to living a healthy life is to eat healthy consistently. That was simple, but it profound. It's profound. The key to living a healthy life is to eat healthy consistently. The same is true concerning our spiritual health, our diet affects everything. And while the gateway of our natural diet is our mouths, the gateway of our spiritual diet is our eyes and our ears. Our mouth is the gateway where what we eat naturally affects our organs, our physical appearance, our bone structure, blood flow, and so on. And yet our eyes and ears are the gateway where we see, where what we see and what we listen to affects our heart, 
it affects our thoughts and our spiritual health or demise. We can fill up on junk. It's easy to fill up on junk. Junk's everywhere. It's always easier to find junk. It's cheaper in more ways than one. It's cheaper to fill up on junk. It's easier and more convenient to fill up on junk. Or we can fill up on that which gives a healthy and fulfilling life because our diet affects everything. Somebody say everything. It affects everything. Eating is a daily activity. Every day we choose what we eat. I've said it already today. There's a saying that says you are what you eat. But the saying would be more accurately stated as this, you become what you eat. We become what we eat. We are a product today of what we ate yesterday and the previous days, the previous weeks, and so on. Uh, We are a product today of what we ate yesterday. And our tomorrows will be a product of what we eat today. We have more choice than we think that we do. Hey Amen. Your future is not given to chance. Sure, uh, there's a divine will and purpose and order. Uh, there's some things that God will orchestrate that are beyond our control. Uh, but as far as our destiny, uh, amen, as far as who we become in this life, uh, we choose who we become because we choose what we eat as our human nature tends to gravitate, listen to me, as our human nature tends to gravitate and focus on the here and now, we must be mindful of what we eat today for it impacts our tomorrow. Listen, it's easy to focus on here and now. Why? Because here and now is tangible. Here and now is here and now. I don't have to trust God for here and now. I don't have to believe God for too much for here and now. But will I really become what Jesus says I can become tomorrow? Look at your neighbor. Turn around, find somebody with a big smile. I want you to look at two or three people and say, what are you eating? you eating what we look like what we'll feel like what we will be like tomorrow it starts today psalms 34 verse 8 says taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man that trusteth in him yeah i need to trust him for today I need to trust Jesus more for tomorrow.
taste and see. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. First Peter 2, verses 2 and 3, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. That ye may grow as a result. If so be, next verse, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's leave that verse on the screen for a little bit. The Lord wants us to know. Desire the sincere milk of the word. Feast on his word. He's likening his word to milk. He's likening his word to that which is going to cause spiritual health and spiritual growth. Desire the milk of the word that ye may grow. If so be ye have tasted. The Lord is gracious. So our diet matters to God. What we take in with our eyes and our ears matters to God. It's like all the snacks that we say don't matter until we get on the scale or we start to feel a certain way. And we, we, we even forgot all the times we went to the snack drawer. We, we forgot all the times we opened the fridge at midnight. We didn't even think about it. We just did it. But here we are a week later, and we are a living result of yesterday's choices. And we think, how did I get here? The truth is, we chose our way here. We don't like that reality. It's a bold truth that every one of us has to deal with. We chose our way here. And there are days in life that are bad days. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, sure, once in a while there's a splurge. And you know, I was talking to my doctor a couple months ago. And, and, you know, and she was, I was asking her, I said, so, all right. I was asking her about diet and so on. And I was like, well, how often do you, should you splurge? And she said, once a week. It's like, wow. Don't go too hard on that splurge. But, but this is what the doctor was saying. That's what she recommended, you know, and. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get more about that in just a moment. But, but sure, there's a once in a blue moon splurge as long as what you eat is not damaging to your health. And so long as the splurge does not become the norm. And by the splurge, amen, there's a difference between a feast and what's toxic. Okay? All right? Ever get those little packets in the pillows that says, do not eat? Okay, it's saying this will kill you, all right, all right, and we can't confuse what a feast is or what a splurge is, amen, and what's toxic, what will destroy the soul, amen, but even a splurge does not it should not become the norm. Amen. The apostle Paul talked about that, that all things are, are permissible, but not all things are per- expedient. Some things, amen, the Lord may permit me to do, but it's not beneficial to my destiny. What am I eating? What are you eating? Bad days should not deter us from leaving the healthy for the unhealthy. The key to good spiritual health 
is consistency. Our eating must not be emotional. And I'd like to say we've all had our moments where maybe, maybe we ate out of being emotional. Sometimes we have had bad days and we want to be reckless with our eating. Sometimes we fail and want to be reckless with our eating. Sometimes we're just tired of being disciplined and want to be reckless with our eating. I'm talking about spiritual health today. But don't sabotage your spiritual health over a bad day. Don't sabotage your spiritual health in destiny over a failure. Repent and get back up and move on. Decide you're going to eat right again. Decide you're going to get consistent again. Decide and make up in your mind. I may have failed. I may have fallen. Amen. But I'm going to eat right again. Get back in the prayer room. Get back in alignment with the word of God and keep on growing while you keep on going. Jesus commanded us in Matthew 6, 11, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Eating is something we do every day. Somebody say every day. It's something we do every day. You're going to eat something. I'm going to eat something. Some days the Lord calls us to a fast. Other days the Lord calls us to a feast. They're both in Scripture. There's feast and fast in the Word of God. Feast and fast are a part of life, but those are some days. Those aren't most days. Most days we're going to eat. Eat healthy. Be intentional. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you eating? What are we eating today? Are we hungering and thirsting after righteousness, for they shall be filled? Amen. What Jesus is saying is to the human heart that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, they will be satisfied. They won't feel like something's lacking. They won't feel like something's missing. They'll feel a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and completion. To who? To the one who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. To the one whose diet is for those eternal things. They shall be filled. Galatians 5.16 says... This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Continue eating spiritual things, eternal things. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You'll be full on the spiritual and won't have room in your life for the carnal. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And let me, before I move on, that word lust means hunger or desire. If you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That word lust means hunger or desire. You will quench it. You will will do away with it. Why? Because you'll be satisfied with spiritual things. 
For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. The Amplified says it this way, but I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek the Lord and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire or hunger of the sinful nature which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Did you hear that? That's what our flesh does. That's what our flesh does. There's no super flesh, okay? We're all flesh. That's what our flesh does. That's what your flesh does. That's what my flesh does. Our flesh wants to respond impulsively without regard for God and his commandments. That's what our feelings do. Caution about living life on our feelings. Caution. Don't live life on your feelings. We all have feelings. But our feelings will lead us to destruction. Our feelings will lead us to reject God. Amen. Our feelings will lead us to push away from God, to impulsively reject God and his commandments. For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. And the desire or hunger of the spirit opposes the sinful nature for these two. The sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other. Amen. The flesh and the spirit of God are always in opposition. They are continually in conflict. I want to say that again. Our flesh and the spirit of God, my flesh and the spirit of God, your flesh and the spirit of God are always in conflict. Conflict with each other. So that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. The flesh will keep us from doing the good things, uh, amen, that God wants us to do. uh, Amen. The flesh will keep us from becoming uh, that good thing that Jesus wants us to become. Uh, When we hunger for the impulses of this flesh, it keeps us from becoming what God really wants us to become in life. It keeps us. From being spiritually healthy. Living life in our feelings. It's a new thing now. I'm in my feelings. Living in your feelings. Hear me. Hear the truth today of God's word. Living in your feelings and impulses will keep us from growing in God. Sometimes we don't feel like eating right. Eating must not be an emotional thing. We don't have to feel it. We just have to do it. Listen, we don't have to feel it. 
We just have to do it. When we hunger for spiritual things, it leads us to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You hear that? That's the end result. When we hunger after spiritual things, it leads us to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a pattern here. Jesus said in Matthew, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. And the scripture is telling us that if you continue to hunger for spiritual things, you will continue to live in righteousness. There's a pattern. When we hunger for spiritual things, we are going to be spiritually healthy and we are going to grow in God. Child of God, let me plead to us today. If you feel like you're not growing, if you feel like you haven't made much progress, and I get there sometimes seasons in life where God intentionally has us to stand still, but if you feel like we're not breaking through, I encourage us in the Holy Ghost. I encourage us in the Word of God to examine our diet. What are you eating? We eat every day. We eat every day. We eat every day. And we're going to eat something. We eat every day. And we're going to eat something. We eat every day. And we're going to eat something. What are you eating? What am I eating? We don't have to feel it. We just have to do it. Come on, that's somebody's breakthrough right there. We don't have to feel it. We just have to do it. Amen. I can't tell you, amen, and God's deepening this in my personal walk with him right now. I can't tell you the times, uh, amen, where God is challenging me to do things and go places in my relationship with him. And he's telling me, amen, he's challenging me to go higher. And I feel as spiritual as a doorknob. I don't feel like I can pray water through to the Holy Ghost. I'm feeling dry at times. And he's saying, just trust my word. It's not about the feeling. Trust my word. It's not about the feeling. Do what I said. It's not about the feeling. And I'm seeing God do things that I couldn't imagine he would do in my weakness, in my frailty, in my lack of feeling. First Peter, I'm nearing a close here, 2, 11. It says, dearly beloved, I beseech you. The apostle Peter saying, I beg you. That word beseech means to plead, to beg. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims in this world because you're disciples of Jesus and believers. You are strangers and pilgrims. You are different from this world. He's saying abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Abandon forbidden hungers. They war against the soul. You're going to eat something. I'm going to eat something. If I'm not eating the word, I'm eating something. If I'm not drinking the sincere milk of the word, I'm drinking something. Abstain. Abstain. 
Abstain from fleshly lusts. Abstain from forbidden hungers. For forbidden hungers war against the soul. They will destroy your soul. Somebody say, I want to be healthy. Somebody say, I need to change my diet. In Jesus' name. Jesus said in John 6, 33, he said, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. For you know that believing is more than just a mental acknowledgement of belief. That's a belief that takes action. It's a belief that obeys God's word. The word believe in the Bible is not simply mental acknowledgement. That's not what believe means. Amen. Believing in scripture means I believe with conviction and so I act upon what I believe. I change my course of action based on what I believe. Amen. I yield my life to the transforming of God's spirit and word because I believe. That's what believe means. Amen. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. What are you eating? Some of us are looking at the word of God. Like my two-year-old grandson was looking at his broccoli the other night. Malachi Jr., was sitting on my lap at the dinner table, and I'm trying to motivate him to finish his food. I'm bringing the broccoli on this fork towards his mouth because now he's not picking up his fork. So I'm like, well, I'm going to pick it up for him. And he makes a face of displeasure and pushes back and says, I don't want it. I don't want it, Papa. And I think to myself, okay, maybe I'll put some mashed potatoes on there, some chicken. I'll, I'll, I'll add, I'll do a combination with this broccoli because he needs to eat his broccoli. And I'll put it on the same fork and, and I'll try again and I bring it up to his mouth. And he, I don't want it. I try to motivate him one more time by saying, one more bite, Junior, and you can get down from the dinner table. See, his wheels turning. He's like, okay, let's try this one more time. And sure enough, he finally takes a bite. And he realizes it's actually good. And as his grandparent, I knew Junior needed to eat more of his veggies for his health. So I tried to motivate him to take another bite. And he took another bite, and another bite, and another bite. 
The goal was not for him to just take one bite. The goal was getting him to taste so he would bite again. The goal was trying to get him to eat so he would eat again. And I knew if I could just get him to taste once, maybe he'll eat again because he needs to eat what I'm feeding him. And that's what the Lord does with us. He tries to motivate us. Sometimes as parents and grandparents, our method for kids at the table, we we say things like, you're not leaving this table until you eat. Sometimes you're not getting up from here until you finish all your food. Sometimes God approaches us that way. So there. Or you won't get dessert until you eat what's on your plate. Or other times there's one more bite and you can get down. Knowing that all they have to do is taste it once and they will see that it is good for them. Sometimes we taste it and still don't like it. But it's still good. Sometimes we taste it and still don't like it, but it's still good. Just stand with me today. Motivation for trying method after another method after another method. God's patience. I'm going to come this way. I'm going to come that way. I'm going to present it to you this way. Sometimes it comes in preaching. Sometimes it comes in teaching. Sometimes it comes in singing. Sometimes it comes in praying the word. Sometimes it comes through hearing worship. Sometimes it comes through hearing preaching of the word. Sometimes it comes through, amen, you're driving on the highway. And man, you're like, man, that little word's talking about Jesus. God's trying to get your attention. Why? Because he's trying to get you to eat. You walk into the store and you're like, man, they're playing some Christian music today or Christian music today. They don't usually do this. I'm in Macy's and they're they're playing Caleb or whatever. God's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get our attention saying, eat my word. Eat the bread of heaven that gives life. He uses many methods to get us to eat his word. And sometimes we don't want it. Our flesh. Sometimes we don't trust that his word will be good. Kind of like Junior and the broccoli. Sometimes we don't trust his word will be enough. Sometimes we don't trust the Lord that his word truly satisfy what we really long for. That the Lord and his motivation for us to be spiritually healthy and grow seeks to encourage us and motivate us to eat his word which gives life to every one of us. He knows his word is good for us. He knows his word gives life to us. He knows that our lives without his word be malnourished and perhaps even dysfunctional and I mean that in the most respectful sense of the word without his word being our daily primary diet and his spirit being our living water we would not be able to function 
May our prayer be like those who heard Jesus in Matthew 6 or John 6 where he said, I'm the bread of heaven. I am the bread of heaven that gives life evermore. And those who heard Jesus say that that day, they said, evermore give us this That statement, evermore give us this bread. You can sense their hunger. You can sense their thirst for more of Jesus. Where is this bread? Tired of falling apart, Lord. Tired of not functioning well. Tired of not living well. Tired of being unhealthy. I cannot live without your word. I feel like Job, Lord, I need your word more than my necessary food. I've been broken in despair for too long. I've been living unhealthy for too long. I've been missing my growth and potential for too long. Evermore, give us this bread. This morning, God is calling us to is not complicated. It's as simple as eating. It's as simple as eating. Give us this day our daily bread. It's as simple as choosing what you're going to eat today. The Lord's calling us to make choices because our choice is today. What we eat today affects our tomorrow. This altar is open. I want to invite us to a time of prayer. What's important today is not hype. There's no hype about choosing what you're going to eat today. It's just about making the right decisions. And it's making up our mind in our service, this service today, that, Lord, I need a change of heart so I can make the right decisions. What I eat physically comes through my mouth, but what I eat spiritually comes through my eyes and my ears. I can fill my life with junk. I can fill my life with entertainment. I can fill my life with with murder and violence and lust and lies and gossip and so on. Or I can fill my life with whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is good report, whatsoever is true. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Wherever you need to go to God in prayer. Amen. We're going to take time. Listen, this is not about hype. This is about allowing Jesus to go deep to the core of who we are so that he can change us. Can we pray together, Lord, right now? Lord Jesus, we come before your throne. What you're calling to is so simple yet so powerful. Lord, I, I present my life before you. I ask you to examine my life. Come on, church. Why don't you pray for yourself here today? Talk to the Lord. Oh, God, my destinies, Lord, within my choices. Lord God, who I become is in my choices, Lord. My spiritual health is in my choices, Lord. Lord God, give me.